0: Hello again. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Cinematic Ventures Podcast. Gabriel here. And we're back with another topic that I believe is very interesting and it deserves a lot of discussion. So I will just offer my thoughts for now. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say on this one because I think it concerns all of us who love cinema appreciate cinema who likes to experience cinema one way or another so the topic of streamers and theaters it's it creates a lot of discussion i'm sure you can see you can find a lot of articles videos all of those things people offering their views offering different explanations they're either criticizing or defending streamers or vice versa for movie theaters. It's an interesting debate, interesting topic. And as I always try to do with uh, with this podcast is to offer a more of a balanced look to the topic. So what I would like to share and hopefully, hopefully it will create a nice discussion is we actually need both. Movie theaters, streamers. Let's start with streaming. As a quote-unquote old-school film fan, for me it was always kind of like when streaming started, I was very skeptical about it. I really didn't like it. I'm still a physical media type of guy. I I love physical media. I still buy DVDs, Blu-rays. It's amazing. You can't replace it. It's just the feeling of actually holding the movie in your hand. It's it's amazing. But at the same time, as I'm sure you know very well, the system in Hollywood, and not just Hollywood, it's just international cinema in general, it is changing. And a lot of movies that we love from from the 70s onward, 70s, 80s, 90s, let me give you an example from, let's say, the 90s. I grew up, I was, I was a little boy in the 90s, but I clearly remember enjoying movies like uh, A Perfect Murder, The Game, Basic Instinct, all Michael Douglas movies, coincidence or not. Movies that I really love. They're some of my favorite movies, but it's a type of movie that unfortunately disappears. Now, I'm recording this in the middle of November 2023, and just a few days ago, we had a release on Netflix uh, for Fincher's new movie, The Killer, with Michael Fassbender. And on one hand, as an old-school quote-unquote film fan, I was, again, I guess, I shouldn't be shocked because Fincher has an extensive relationship with Netflix starting with House of Cards. Uh, Mank and clearly he's comfortable there. But still a movie like even Mank, which is a very like a character piece, it's not exactly like a like a high profile blockbuster or even a movie like Fight Club with popular actors and all of that. That movie would still most likely been released to the theaters, like a full-blown release in the 80s or 90s. Nowadays, though, you'd be lucky if studios, I'm talking about legacy studios, Paramount, Warner, 20th, Disney, you'd be lucky if they even invite you for a pitch on a movie like that, even if you're David Fincher, in this case. It is kind of sad how things have changed, and we keep hearing, oh, Hollywood only makes or releases." comic book movies, or sequels, or, or uh requals, as they call them, remakes, whatever. And it's a very narrow-minded look at the whole situation. The truth is, Hollywood provides what the audience wants. So yes, if we want to blame someone, we should blame ourselves, to a degree. Now, I'm not blaming anyone, I don't want to blame, because honestly, I'm the type of person who always tries to find the positive in any situation. Truth is, I love most of the movies being released nowadays. I enjoy them. Yes, many of them are very different from the movies that I grew up with. Perfectly fine. I adapt it. But I don't think it's fair. And yes, yes, you can call me crazy if I'm the person who defends Hollywood. But in this case, I believe this deserves a more balanced view. So, yes, Hollywood is not making those types of movies anymore. The mid budget, 40, 50 million adult, a perfect murder, basic instinct type of movie. We don't see it nowadays. Or if you see it, it'll be on a streamer. But you're certainly not going to see it opening at 3,000 theaters all over the country, all over the world. It just doesn't happen. And it's not because suddenly studio bosses just woke up and said, we don't want to make these movies anymore. Not the case. There was a shift. Clearly there was a huge change back in 08 when Iron Man was released. It really started something. Marvel, whatever your opinion is on Marvel, they started something that we haven't seen before. With the whole franchise of the Avengers and all of the accompanying movies, they created something Really, really significant. And it was successful for them. Good for them. I love most of those movies myself. I'm not a diehard comic book fan. Not at all. I didn't grow up on comic books. But just as a regular viewer for those movies, I was satisfied. I was happy. But at the same time, these types of movies, and because the audience kind of accepted that, Oh, this is like... Like TV series, but it's actually in movie theaters. So all of these movies are connected. It's like one giant story. Oh, that's something we've never really seen before in a movie theater. So we're in. That's exciting. So a lot of the attention of the movie audience was focused on that, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying it is a bad thing. It was just something new. And because of this and because... Let's start with um, Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, the movie. It was also a type of movie that adults could enjoy. The Russo Brothers, whatever you think of them, whatever your opinion is, I always say, I try to be balanced here, they created something a bit unusual. They created a superhero movie that felt very realistic. And personally, I really enjoyed the movie, and I think a lot of adults also enjoy the movie. Which in a way took a little bit of the interest for actual adults movies, purely for adults. It took away some of the I guess the steam out of those movies. And audiences just shifted their attention to something different. In this case, these types of Marvel movies. And they were satisfied with that. It's perfectly fine. But Those types of mid-budget, adult, skilling movies, they're kind of disappearing and this is where we arrive at the streamers station. Why streamers are not that bad, let's put it that way, let's keep it simple. A lot of people criticize streamers for a lot of different reasons. Prices, quality of movies, quality of movie, this is completely subjective, right? As I've said in, in the previous podcast, in a previous episode, I said, I'm not a person who follows narratives online. Even if every single publication is following a narrative which is at its core based on subjective personal opinions, I still have the right to think differently. Same goes for you. You don't have to agree with the narrative if, of course, is based on purely subjective opinions, which, when it comes to art, cinema, music, books, it is subjective. So this narrative that streamers are bad, they're taking away interest, they're killing movie theaters and all of that, to a degree, I understand where this is coming from. But at the same time, a lot of movies that we see on streamers, Netflix, Disney+, Paramount Plus, Apple. These are the types of movies that legacy studios in Hollywood would make. They don't want to make nowadays. Now, if there's an audience interest big enough, I'm sure they will say yes, of course. Because at the end of the day, especially nowadays, when a lot of those legacy studios are are controlled by uh, by Wall Street, right? Basically, by tech bros, as we call them. They care about the money at the end of the day, profit. So, of course, if the audience shows and says, yeah, we're we're in for another perfect murder, another mid-level adult type of movie, we're okay with that. Studios will make it. Thing is, even blockbusters are struggling. And it's not something new. It's been happening for a while. Of course we still have uh, really positive outcomes like the performances of uh, Barbie, Oppenheimer. It's great, it's great for movies, it's great for cinema. And I'll come back to that, the whole discussion, discourse, the whole argument about uh, Barbenheimer and uh, the backlash that this received. But this is for another episode. What we're focused on here is streamers and movie theaters. Back to streamers now. The movies that we see, whatever your opinion is of them, on streamers, unfortunately, don't get made nowadays by Legacy Studios. So you have big, successful filmmakers like Fincher, like Bay, like Scorsese, going to Netflix or other streamers with deep pockets because they don't get the money from big studios. For example, Six Underground... They actually wanted to make this movie, I believe, at Paramount originally. And Paramount, uh, they were excited because, obviously, he created Transformers, which is like the biggest franchise for Paramount. So they were excited to do a movie. But they did not give the budget that the movie required. For this type of uh, international spy action movie, you clearly need a lot of money. But here comes Netflix, they said we're going to give you we're going to give you 140 or whatever the price tag was at the end of the day it was between 100 120 150 something like that big movie we'll give you that money yes your movie we're going to show it in like just a bunch of theater theaters for just like a day or two but it'll be on streaming so as a filmmaker you're going to be like yeah i love movie theaters but If I don't get to actually make the movie the way I wanted to make it and Netflix comes in and they're offering me just enough money to make the movie, freedom, which is important. And again, these types of filmmakers, huge filmmakers, A-listers, they have final cut. So they're not going to be worrying about someone intervening like uh, a brand new Marvel director. And you know very well that Kevin Feige is controlling everything. But, on Netflix, when it's, when it comes to Netflix movies, you have the freedom, yes. So of course you're going to make your movie there. You've been struggling, look at The Irishman. Scorsese has been trying to make this movie for decades with Pacino and De Niro. For one way or another, usually connected to the budget, a lot of studios, most of them, I think the last one was Paramount, that, uh, that said no, they were like, the budget is too big, we can't give you that money. And again, this is Corsese. This is a legendary filmmaker. So when Netflix comes in and says, oh, we can give you the money. Exactly what you want. We give you the freedom. Absolutely. Yes, your movie, we're going to show it in a bunch of theaters, but it's not going to get the release that would have gotten in the 90s or 80s or early 2000s. So you have to be okay with that. If you're not, go somewhere else. If there is another place. So filmmakers in a way are in a very difficult position because on one hand, ask any filmmaker, they gonna tell you, of course I want my movie to be seen on the bigger screen, of course I want that, but at the same time I want for my movie to actually exist in the first place. So if I have to choose of never making the movie, right, just not existing, and making the movie, but it's going to be on streaming, of course, I would want to make the movie. Of course, I want to share my vision with the world, even on streaming. So streamers, they're actually offering filmmakers. And again, things are tightening up a little bit, especially after the strikes, WGA and SAG, they're changing a few things. They're not making as, as many movies as they did like four years ago. Right? So things are changing, but still, it still remains true. A lot of movies that legacy studios don't make anymore. You can only make them for a streamer. That's your only shot. Or, if you have the money, you can just self-finance. So, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated situation. And the truth is, when you see the discussions on film Twitter, uh, different news outlets... There's always got to be a bad side. There's always got to be a villain in this. The truth is, there is no villain in this situation. At the end of the day, studios, they want to make money, right? Obviously, they give what the audience wants. So at the end of the day, we get what we want. But because of the popularity of one thing, we're kind of starting to realize that, whoa, we're actually losing another thing the mid-budget movies in the theater. And uh, my respect, my hat's off. You know, let's say Lionsgate, these types of uh, mid-level studios as well that are taking chances, are risking with movies like uh, like the Liam Neeson action movies, right? A lot of them were released in the movie theater. I saw Honest Thief in a movie theater. And I felt great about it. I was like, this is the type of movie that most big, big-time studios would not make and release in releasing the movie theater because it's no longer viable. It's no longer profitable for them. Doesn't all of the marketing cost? And at the end of the day, it is really a lot about the marketing cost. It's extremely expensive. Market a movie. You can make a movie for seventeen mil, and you have to spend twenty just to market. And obviously, we don't have Russia anymore as a market because of the war. So a lot. So the movies are not going there. China is a very Complicated situation as well. So it is shrinking global box office. And that unfortunately contributes to the situation that we have now. That studios are only going with sure hits. Even though, ask anyone in the industry, you don't know what's a sure hit. You don't know if something will succeed or not. But you can have a guess. So they're just guessing. And they, they are just betting on the thing that is certain if that is even possible to make at least a little bit of money because in this business there is no certainty. You can only hope. So that's the situation and that's what I wanted to I guess talk about in this little episode is we shouldn't blame either side. At the end of the day the audience dictates the situation. If the audience rejects something As you can see, for example, there there, there are a couple of Marvel movies that did not perform as expected. Again, this doesn't affect their quality. You're absolutely free. That's one of the keys of this podcast. Even if a movie fails with critics or box office, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. So absolutely go for it. If you hear a movie underperformed, go for it. Watch it. Don't let the narrative online change your opinion. Form your own opinion. But it's a fact when it comes to the money-making machine in Hollywood. It's a fact a lot of Marvel movies underperformed. So they are changing a little bit. So it's a very fluid situation. And we're going to see a lot of changes in the future. Fact of the matter is, a lot of movies that we would have enjoyed in the movie theater in the 80s or 90s, we don't see them nowadays in in, in the movie theater. Maybe there's going to be a shift. Maybe they will come back eventually. I certainly hope so. I love those types of movies. But we shouldn't blame, for example, either streamers or even movie studios. Yes, they've made mistakes. No question. But this hate that we see for streamers, it's it's not right because, yes, A lot of the, for example, the 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 visual effects quality on some movies that were released on Netflix, it's not the best one. Clearly, it's not ILM, right, or Digital Domain doing the CGI. Clearly, you can tell. But still, the fact is they do support these types of movies. So we as an audience should appreciate that. Again, I'm not defending. I'm not being paid by streamers to say this. It is just, I believe, common sense, and we need to take it easy. Before criticizing and just realize that, oh, yes, people might see that movie on a phone, but at least the movie exists on a platform. Because without Netflix and other streamers, this movie wouldn't exist at all. A movie like, let's say, The Killer or Mac. So we should appreciate that. We should appreciate what we have because it's much, much better than not having anything at all. So that's what I wanted to uh, uh, discuss in this little podcast. This is certainly a topic that I'm going to be discussing more with guests, with uh, with you, the listeners. It's it's an important one. It's an interesting one. It's for the future of the industry we all love. So it'll be it'll be interesting to discuss in the future. So thank you for listening for this uh, for these 20 minutes. I appreciate it. Apologies if I was blabbing, but I really wanted to. This was a like a like an off the cuff episode. And uh, hopefully you're now able to see a little bit more objectively. And next time you read an article or something that's very negative about a streamer or movie theaters or or studios, just remember that there are more sides to a story. And not everything is black and white. And we should learn to really form our own opinions. So thank you again. Have a great rest of the day or great rest of the evening. Thank you for listening to Cinematic Ventures. We will be back next time, and I will always try to surprise you with new interesting topics. I'll see you soon. Take care.